Al Pacino and Robert De Niro duly power the momentum and large scale of this groundbreaking film, written and directed by Michael Mann. In the wake of a precision heist of an armored truck, an obsessive detective begins to hunt ruthless professional thief Neil McCauley through the streets of Los Angeles. As the stakes escalate, their lives begin to mirror and unravel, and McCauley's crew initiates his most dangerous and complex heist, co-starring Val Kilmer, Tom Sizemore, Ashley Judd, Amy Brennerman, Natalie Portman, and John Voight. Heat delivers hard-hitting action, gripping suspense, and stunning performances. I've never seen it in theaters. I watched it at home video, had the DVD, had the Blu-ray, now I had the 4K, and man, you know, you watch it the first time, you're like, okay, this movie was pretty good. You watch it a second time, okay, it's pretty great. You watch it a third time, awesome, epic. You watch it on 4K UHD, fantastic. I mean, this movie, it just keeps getting better the more you rewatch it and you you kind of put the pieces together. This really is Michael Mann's his masterpiece. I mean, to be honest with you, as much as I love Thief, there's a lot of that in here. There's a lot of like real knowledgeable ways that you could rob things. And, you know, Michael Mann did his research, of course, talked to criminals and all that. The Heat Project for Michael Mann has been a lifelong passion for him. I believe he even based a TV pilot off of an early draft of Heat. It's fascinating what he's done with this movie, casting Pacino and De Niro. First of all, it was an amazing score. We followed De Niro for a while, and we followed Pacino's character, who's after De Niro's character, and then they finally collide in that epic, masterful, masterclass of acting at the coffee scene. So Pacino pulls De Niro over, and is like, you want to get some coffee? And so it's kind of like, they're not going to shoot each other. They try to understand each other, and I think they do come to that understanding. And as we go on throughout the film, and if you haven't seen the movie, highly recommend that you do every character has their motives has their their whole story the whole backstory it's all there it's all laid out whether they it's through visuals or through the dialogue we get, we know these characters and they, and we start getting used to this world you know we start we start really rooting for Macaulay's guys you know Robert De Niro's guys you know Val Kilmer is one of those guys that we root for and his arc his character arc with Ashley Judd as his wife and their relationship and their dynamic. Val Kilmer plays a character named Chris who happens to be a, a compulsive gambler. So he's got a lot of gambling demons and a lot of debts. So he's ready for the next score. You have Tom Sizemore is in here as part of the gang. And Danny Trejo, which I believe he plays the same. He plays a character named, Danny, named Trejo. This movie has it all. And then not only that, it's like... The point man, the guy that gives Macaulay the scores, is played by John Voight. And then there's Natalie Portman, who's on the Pacino side. He's got his, he's on his third marriage. And this this woman he's married to, uh, she has a daughter, played by Natalie Portman. And they have a bond. They have a story arc. She has her own demons. She has her own issues. De Niro and Pacino's characters are so passionate and so work-driven. They have no time for personal attachments. And that's kind of Macaulay's code. Don't have any attachments that you can't walk away within 30 seconds of sensing the heat around the corner. I butchered that, but that's the gist of it. Have no attachments. Pacino's character has no attachments because he's so work-obsessed with hunting these thieves, catching criminals, and putting them in the way. That's his passion. That's what he's married to. Married to the job. And I think 
when they when these characters meet at the cup for coffee that really is the culmination of that and then they break off and it's such a rewarding satisfying ending that it's just it's it's experience it's experience someday i hope to see in theaters as far as the 4k uhd restoration i think this film in my opinion has never looked better restoration was supervised by a medical man himself i believe he even delayed the restoration for a certain time just to get it right you know it, it looks like a film print it looks great there's so much detail and, and, and dark and gritty the movie is mostly at night i want to say 80 percent of the movie is at night so you have a lot of the dark tones and a lot of neon lights and this movie really signals 90s LA in a unique fashion. You know, you see the underground of LA. You don't see the normal touristy places. You see the gritty streets of LA and the, the, the vice culture of LA. There's that bank scene where they rob things and, and the sound design of this movie. It's not an Atmos track, but they, they kept the same sound design from the Blu-ray. And man, when that scene with the bank robbery, the gunshots, the echoing of the city, the fact that Michael Mann paid attention to so much detail, used the sound from the actual recording of gunshots live recorded into the microphone, it just takes it to another level. It has another, another layer of, of believability and realism. I think that's what I appreciate most about Michael Mann's work is he really puts the effort into the details, does his research. You know, cool, cool steelbook. Very basic, um, but what you get here is a wonderful restoration of an epic film. And if you haven't seen Heat, highly recommend it. Please go out and watch Heat and let me know what you thought of the 4K. While the black power movement was reshaping America, trailblazing director Gordon Parks made this groundbreaking blockbuster which helped launch the exploitation era and introduced a new kind of badder than bad action hero in John Shaft. A streetwise New York City private eye who is as tough with criminals as he is tender with his lovers. After Shaft is recruited to rescue the kidnapped daughter of a Harlem mob boss from Italian gangsters, he finds himself in the middle of a rapidly escalating uptown and downtown turf war. A vivid time capsule of gritty 70s Manhattan that has inspired sequels and multimedia reboots galore. The original Shaft is studded with performances from Roundtree's leather sleek fashions to the iconic funk and soul score by Isaac Hayes. From the Criterion Collection, this is Shaft. So Shaft is iconic in the way that we get right into it. You hear the the funk, the soul, you feel the city. You see this guy walking, the mustache, the leather jacket, walking around town, talking to any, anybody, white, black, whomever. He's talking to, he's, he's in, fully integrated into the city. This is our hero. This is our superhero that we're gonna follow. This is Shaft. And we have the iconic score from Isaac Hayes. Just what a way to start the film. And there's a lot of fun dialogue. A lot of great, like got a lot of great lines. Richard Roundtree has so much charisma. Now Gordon Parks uh, was originally from Kansas, and he also was a famous photographer. And this was his second major film with MGM. The story is it's it's simple, but it's based on the times. You have this turf war between the Italian mob and then the Harlem mob. Shaft stuck in the middle between both because he has connections with both. You know, he's trying to unravel the whole mystery. There was some shocking stuff here. I mean, this is, there, was, there was some great twists and turns that I won't get into. So if you haven't seen Shaft, 
you need to see it. I think it's a very important film. It started a whole genre of black exploitation movies. You have a black lead, which was a rare for the time, a black superhero, essentially. You know, we have the the black character giving it back to the white man. I mean, there's a scene where this this white guy is comparing Shaft's skin color to a black pen, and he's like, "Are you black enough?" And then Shaft holds up a white. Uh, coffee mug to to the white guy and is like are you white enough and this criterion release is a 4k uhd inclusive blu-ray it's a new 4k digital restoration the blu-ray also has um shaft's big score which is the 1972 follow-up this, this thing is loaded with special features so if you're a big shaft fan and of course they have the cool inner inner liner notes and then there's an essay here as well so a lot of a lot of historical background of shaft and i mean look at this this is great artwork from criterion i definitely highly highly recommend shaft this is this is, this is one that you guys have to see if you're a film lover filmmaker shaft comes highly recommended carmen sims has just been sentenced to death that is life imprisonment on Terminal Island, an island located miles off the mainland of California, which was created to house murderers and vicious criminals in the wake of prison overcrowding. With no guards, no cells, and no laws, Terminal Island has morphed into a, a de facto society whose self-appointed leader, the tyrannical Bobby, rules with an iron fist using other inmates, particularly women, for his own brutal pleasures. As tension and violence mounts, Carmen finds her place as the unlikely leader of the island's underground resistance, which is planning to overthrow Bobby's reign of terror. I went in completely blind. Wasn't sure what to expect. I did hear one thing that it was comparable to Hunger Games. So the idea of sending people that are sentenced to the death penalty to an island where they can't escape. There's no walls. There's no, nothing near the island. Just water surrounds the island. They're even considered dead legally, like they're legally dead as they drop them off in the boat. Carmen is dropped off of the island. She signs her papers saying that she's legally dead to the outside world. Dropped off to Terminal Island. The first person she meets is this doctor who claims that he's innocent. And he's played by Tom Selleck, a very young Tom Selleck. We follow kind of his story too throughout the film, but it's mostly through Carmen. So she meets the group and she's not, you know, she doesn't want to take any drugs. She doesn't want to have sex with any guys or anything like that. And she just goes into this society of Terminal Island. It's a dictatorship led by this, their leader, his name is Bobby. Not only do the women have to cook, women are ordered to make the crops, dig the ditches, and do all these other torturous activities. So then, you know, there's some people that are rallying up and they recruit Carmen and they're like, well, we're gonna we're gonna rise up against this Bobby guy and, you know, take him down. And anyway, anytime a character might interact, there might end up being like a sword fight randomly. So these two guys, for example, were jabbering at each other and then all of a sudden they wield their swords and it's on. Carmen joins that resistance group. They flee away from Bobby's area. Bobby's on the hunt for them. So I will stop there as far as spoilers, but you have these the dynamics of two groups. You have the dictatorship of Bobby versus the new resistance against him. They both have different goals. Again, I won't spoil too much, but I really enjoyed this film. It was, it was a, lot of, a lot of fun, a lot of action. There is a lot of nudity. There's a lot of um, over-the-top gore it's more on the exploitation side so this 4k UHD released from vinegar syndrome is awesome packaging is great embossed cover embossed back mag dog killers 
then we go into the outside and then the discs on the inside so the the 4k disc has the movie on it the blu-ray has the movie on it and special features and then there's reversible cover art which is really cool so this is the original and this is the new commissioned I'm gonna actually flip it to the original. Why be a man when you can be a Rothman? A brand new extended interview with co-writer director Stephanie Rothman. This is a fantastic interview. She came up in the Roger Corman School of Filmmaking, but she just did a fantastic job directing this. That's a brand new interview with the lead actress, Ina Hartman. Crash Landing on Terminal Island, brand new featurette with actress Marta Christian, actor Sean Kenny, The Roth Manicents, Rediscovering the Work of Stephanie Rothman, brand new critical featurette, and The Stills Gallery. So Vinegar Syndrome does some of the best work out there. So if you have a chance to pick up Terminal Island, highly recommend it, not only for the film, but for the special features as well. So it's it's got out, outstanding recommendation. One of those gems that I'm glad that I stumbled upon. This has been Return of the Disc. I'm Dan. For more Return of the Disc, visit returnofthedisc.com. Check out the audio version of today's show, available on all major podcast platforms. And be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel.